What is a boy, and what is a girl? For that matter, what is a man, and what is a woman? Most of us affirm these definitions without confusion, but not all of us. When I asked myself those questions, I felt immediately at risk. Why? What did I have to lose by being honest? Even if only with myself, let alone with you. Don't my affirmations matter? Belief is the conclusion of our perceptions. What we affirm to believe or perceive to be real is what ultimately governs our decisions. It is from our decisions that we edit future affirmations of ourselves. Does that sound like a circular argument, or is it obvious? When our beliefs change, or we remove them, what do we do with our affirmations that we used to support those beliefs? Do we recycle them? Do we abandon them? How do we let go of what we think reality is, and what are we affirming of the reality we believe we are in? A twelve-year-old child asks their mother for a beer. The mother refuses and says, You're too young to drink alcohol. In defiance, the child then asks for a gun. The mother refuses and says, No, it's too dangerous. Then the child asks to drive the family car. The mother again refuses and says, No, you don't know what you are doing. Finally, the child asks the mother to have a sex change operation. The mother says, Sure, which one do you want? Marco, do you spend much time thinking about what reality is? I would say that, I don't want to say most, but boy, I spend a lot of time thinking about what reality is. And I don't want to say my reality, because I feel that often this existential argument is that everything's, that the simulation is always from a point of view, kind of how we look at nature, like how they say certain physical things in nature don't occur unless they're observed. Mm. I think that is just more of the of us as humans being self-centered. Well, that, that's the, the conscious observer theory right. that the world doesn't exist without a conscious observer. Right. Therefore, does that imply there's a God because right. God then would be the conscious observer observing the entire universe. And that's what perpetuates its existence. And that's what I'm getting at. I think that's, I think that's oh. self-centered. And then the mini world theory. I love it. The mini world theory is where like, say you have, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat, right? Um, mm -hmm. all, all realities are possible underneath this tray, right? So you could have, you go to a restaurant and they bring something random out to you. It could be anything in the world. It could be an apple. It could be uh flip, flim mignon. It could be salmon. And until you open it, does the reality occur? That's the mini world theory. Right. Yeah. And that, that Which one, is essentially the same it is. concept. It is. Cause it, you know, it, it takes, it takes for the, restaurant goers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a Nova, uh, 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 special, you know, one of the PBS. Things. Yeah. Nova, Nova. Dude, I fucking love Nova. They're good. Nova. They, but they, that's their focus is to explain they're science, science communicators. to the layman. Yeah. They're yeah. teachers and educators. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's I love it's it good too. though. I love yeah. it. it. It really helped me, uh, 
um, understand what now is as well um, across time or across space and time. Well, that's the joke to me in my mind that came to me when I was tripping once is that I'm in reality worrying about reality and thinking about it. Okay, so doesn't that make it seem like your reality can be different than someone else's just by tripping alone? Because that's your perceived reality. I believe that there's a perceived reality that is different between people. There is. And I think that I think that is the the primer for the argument and, and really what solves the argument. And by that, I mean, it concludes the fact he, here's here's what breaks up all existentialism to me. Squirrels. Because mm-hmm. what is a squirrel? A squirrel is even if I imagined it right. Even if it's only in my imagination and somehow we all have the same ima- the same dream that squirrels exist. Let's just break it down to them. Okay. They don't give a shit about us, right? At most, we get in their way when they're trying to escape danger or find food. Right. So that, to me, is an argument for reality outside our perception. In other words, sure. the, the reality that is probably doesn't give a shit in, in that way that we exist or that we affect it in any way. It's the same way that we argue for... Um, the planet and climate change. The planet isn't the crust. That's where we live. That's right. literally what one percent, one somewhere in the one to two yeah, percent area of what we affect is. of the entire planet. Yeah. Now, maybe most of what is the planet is just molten black magma with you know veins of titanium or something. But mm, solid. That doesn't core. mean it should be just like just totally you know like an undisclosed matter in the argument because that's you're you're ignoring the whole of what you're you're saying. In other words, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. and that's where I, I think that's what happens with um, arguments or conversations for reality. But more importantly, like you said, perceptions because perceptions is where we contend with each other. Right. Right. And that, but that's where you live too. You live in your own perceived reality. You don't necessarily live in base reality. Sure. And I think. Well, I think what we define as our perceived base reality, let's call it that, okay. is where we, where each of us draw a line for where we want to feel safe about who we are. Like, that's the line you don't cross. Don't don't choke me with your perceived reality. Right. Yeah, no, you can live how you want, but I can live how I want. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Somehow that's an argument, that's a battle that I don't think has ever been won and has been constantly ongoing in civilized society. What, just live and let be? Yeah. yeah. I think um, there is this, you know, it, it. we just call it greed. And maybe that's the simplest and best answer. But there is this weird, we've adopted, even, I mean, even if you go to like, like Matt Walsh does, he goes to a, a, a tribe in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, even there where life to from with our eyes i would say is presumably simple it's not simple right cuz all stress is relevant the brain right right i mean when you're if you're afraid of freddy cougar or afraid of a burning building in your mind that level of adrenaline release is the same your right. brain doesn't care what's causing it, it it's the same right it's yeah. not it's your your highest fears so your highest fear exactly. regardless of what another person's is it's still you're experiencing the same amount of adrenaline as that other person who's experiencing something uh, relatively more intense, but you're still feeling it the same way. Right. But that, but that, that level of, uh, in this case, fear is determined internally. Like we all have, we all address fear differently, right? Like I have a friend who's deathly afraid of spiders and I'm not, I love them. And I've been bitten 
you know, hundreds of times, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm deathly afraid of like deep ocean water, right? So like I would lose my sanity if you just as a prank kicked me off a deep, you know, a fishing boat in the middle of the Atlantic. Like that would not be funny to me. <laughs> but it would be to the to my friend who's afraid of spiders. He, yeah, you know, right. he doesn't care. That, so that where we differ there in our emotions and what causes emotional damage is um, where we try, I think, I think what we're trying to do is create a society or live in a society, build a society where we respect those differences. But there are, we have taught ourselves and we've been taught that it's okay for each of us to be an island, that we're all butterflies, right? Even though we're not, even though we're really, most of us are so similar, it's, it's boring. But each of us is an island in a way that should be respected and treated as though we're diamonds, right? We can do anything. We can be anybody we, we want. We can tell ourselves whatever mm-hmm. we want, and it can be respected. I, I like that analogy, but I would take it in more the uh, way of we're each a sovereign nation, right? Well, that's what it's becoming. I think that we're each, we each have our own individual rights and our way to express ourselves and do whatever we want. But the moment I encroach into your territory of your nation right of yourself that's when conflicts arise and i can't do anything to you because you have the right to respond right so there's consequences is all but i still think that we're as individuals like that's where the freedom lies that's where you have to just be who express yourself the way you want right but but I can't force upon you to, to treat me anyway. But, but that is, I think, what's going on. I yeah. Think, I think there, there is, um, and every generation or every era of man, let's say, um, a new type of assailant shows itself in terms, and by that I mean like uh, what it, the Zeitgeist of the Times has a new, you know, nemesis a new villain a new major right villain what's the what's who's the... trying to kill free speech now who's trying to and you know we always i don't know i put it that way and it sounds so conspiratorial but it's i mean no, first I think, of all i think, I think it there's, is there's always a, a of the age there's always like a topic there's always something that's being pushed forward say like uh climate change um so, some conflict like a world war something like that there's always something that's that's um, part of the times that's being fought for or against. But who pushes it? Does it? You know that that is a question I ask myself all the time uh, about reality. Is does it emerge naturally, or is it an agenda by? Well, know, I think it's lobbyists who, and governments who want to continue an argument for separation because I think humans don't you feel like you want to unify? Everybody wants to be accepted. Not everybody always wants to be. Um, uh, the trendsetter, right? They, most of us find trends that we like, mm-hmm. and we we melt we meld into communities that have trends and ideals that we agree with, and then, right? That then therefore they instantly find us accepted, right? Or, yeah, I would say that we're we're all trying to find our own community and our our own peace and happiness, and and, and ally ourselves with those that uh, agree with us. I mean, that just feels nice. It's comforting, but. I don't know. It's, uh, there's, I forget where I was going to go with that. (laughs) Well, you and I just watched a really interesting documentary by Matt Walsh and it's a hot topic right now. It's called, what is a woman? And for those who haven't seen it, um, or didn't watch the trailer to summarize it fairly is to say that a Matt Walsh is a, a conservative 
politically he's conservative conservative and he's a straight man with a family mm. and he is debating the topic i would say directly and indirectly of transgenderism activism Gender, transgender yeah, activism. gender nonconformity is really what he's he's uh focused on his gender topic. fluidity yeah. in in politics and in society yeah and its effects on us morally and scientifically and i think what i think the right off the bat what interests me the most about the the day and age that we live in is that the people there are people who use free speech to try and shut it down and by that, I mean they have an agenda where they don't want, they just want to be agreed upon. They don't, they want everyone to agree with them, but they don't want to uh, dis- have any kind of like intellectual discourse. Right. And those people don't make up a majority, even of the minorities that they are in. But as we know with any community or society, it's the ones who have the most influence and power that have the largest voice that everyone has to listen to. Right. Right. We the see that the in loud media. minority. Yeah, yeah, right. And that that is a real thing. And I think it's fair to say that LGBTQ plus activism, those who are actively trying to make it not just more acceptable, but change um, criteria in all in all sorts of realms and and the systems that we're used to, like sports mm-hmm. and education and politics um are very one-sided. I don't think that I don't I don't feel that at least it doesn't seem the way it's being presented to us. Again, we don't control the presentation of it. And, and right. to some degree they don't either, right? They just seem more in agreement with how it's being distributed. And by that I mean like how the algorithms on social media pump this stuff out, um the TV shows that are played, what is edited, you know, what episodes we never see because they just don't follow part of the, the narrative that is most lucrative. And everything seems to come down to that. But anyway, I did that was a, that was a lot in unpackaged there. <laughs> um, what? Um, well, I guess I guess I could start by asking: Do the ages we set? Let's start with children. Okay. Do the ages we set for adulthood adulthood have psychological meaning, or are they based on social and political ideologies? That's maybe somewhat rhetorical, but what do you feel? So I feel like 18 is a weird number because I don't really know why it is 18. Is that just because you're done with high school and that's whatever, you know, that's when we decide just having to be or if that's like a an ancient cultural thing, because, you know, most, a lot of cultures have um, coming to man ceremonies, but usually that's at puberty even or it's even younger than 18. So it's like. Which is something I wish we had in America. I wish we had some kind of coming to age ceremonies, like like uh, Jews have their bat and bar mitzvahs, right? And then like you, you know, like, you, an, like an like an agnostic ceremony for yeah, just something that like well, isn't um, that technically what public school does with high school diplomas and then eventually with college diplomas? I mean, that is a ceremony. I guess yeah. I just mean I wish there was like some kind of like you're a man now, like. Hooray, you know, or you're a you're a woman now. Hooray. Well, that but that well, that would be high, right now. That would be highly controversial. And, and technically it exists in certain communities and schools. That's, yeah. And some there is. But like growing up, there was nothing like that for me, which is like something I kind of always wished was available. But what I think that you are 
in general, biologically, most people become a fully formed uh, uh, human at 25 because like the prefrontal cortex is the last part of your your developed mind to to develop. And that's where all your rationale, your decision making skills, um, just being able to plan and discern and all that, all that ability arises at 25. So I think that's when adulthood should really um, become recognized. Well, what I think, well, some things we know, or at least I do, that I've read or been told. Um, so 18 is important because um, the military has a minimum IQ test, right? Okay. For you to be a soldier, even the lowest ranking soldier, right? Like a, a, a grunt. Uh, I believe it's 89. It's in the 80s, which is really low. Okay. So if you are... What's uh, mental disability at, do you know? Well, if you want to call IQ a mental disability, technically, if your IQ is as low as, say, 90, you have, you, for some people in the 90 range, they can't even read. They can't really? even, okay. they have trouble even learning how to read. Um, what really falls apart is your um, your cognitive thinking, your ability to chain and even um, uh, perceive future events based on current events, right? Okay. So, like, your brain suffers the abil- in the ability that normal people have where you generate abstractions and you mm-hmm. imagine Your imagination is, yeah. is limited. That makes sense. Yeah. So, that's... And that doesn't come to a peak, obviously, at 18, but it is testable, I guess is the best way to say it. And it, then It's a good enough age to start testing. Right. Okay. And... Well, it's a good enough age to be accepted as a, an adult test, hmm. as as the as its conclusion matters to being a soldier. But eighteen is also when um, it's actually based on men, on 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 boys mostly, because that's when um, a lot of muscle development in a man is finished, as far as your body's okay. concerned, and it in the um, the atrophy that you're. Um, or the uh, what's the proper word I'm looking? Not the atrophy, the um, not atrophy, the um, um, the deterioration of your cells, like the the ratio of cells being created okay. to be those being destroyed, right? Is at its best peak in the, like the eighteen to twenty five range, right? So and for a lot of and for a lot of men, a lot of boys, puberty does peak around late teens early 20s okay only some of us have you know go further into our 20s yeah i couldn't imagine still going through puberty in my 20s <laughs> and apparently you know again when it comes to humans it, nothing is finite i mean everything is a range right with some yeah. era even because i mean you could say well 99 percent of this of something is true okay but there's still one percent right or maybe point one right yeah yeah this is generalities for sure right so I think that matters, um, but what is that? How does it matter to, like you said, um, a ceremony for being a man or being a woman? That is essentially, I don't know if it's that, I wouldn't say at risk, but it's being argued to a great extent now in our society. The, it's become a major a political coming to age ceremony or. Yeah. Um, well, coming, just, a coming to gender ceremony. Okay. In a sense. Some, people, some people believe. That that begins at birth, and that that isn't fair to the child to assign them a gender. So, do you well? Do you believe? Well, first of all, do you believe that children should have rights that um, are 
that out that supersede their parents' ability to make decisions for them in the same way that they, uh, you know, should should a child's decision to change their sex be, let's say, considered on the same level as uh, family abuse? You know, is that the same? Is a is a father saying that his daughter can't have a sex change operation and become a boy? Is the same as him beating up his daughter? Okay, so there's a, there's a few questions there. Yeah, so. I believe that there's a difference between sex and, and what we consider gender in this well, context, there is. That, right? I, 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 I will yeah. definitely say that there is there's your biological sex, which can can be uh, skewed between uh, male and female because there you in general you're either male or female. But there's also some weird pairings of X and Y chromosomes that can happen that make you kind of a little more than the other but not quite and it's like I'm, I'm not quite sure but you can have like an xxy chromosome pattern instead of like xy or xx no that's true i mean so so like that, even- that's like a biological standpoint but i also think there's like a a mental construct of what gender is how you feel you are if you feel more feminine or more masculine and you can i feel like you can fall on like a spectrum um I mean, me personally, I identify as like a man, like I just because I don't know enough about I never learned about different genders and different like uh, the spectrum of gender genders to me to be a good man just means to be a good person. And I feel like that's the same thing for women too. women just want to be a good person. So like, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? I don't know. I just feel very masculine in myself. That's all I know. Well, I think the. I feel um, like I produce many traits that were instilled on me as a young, as a young boy to like provide. Like that's a big thing for me. I want to be able to, to provide for myself and those I care about. I want to. Um, I like going outside, being in nature, cutting down trees, and you know, doing tough shit. You know, I like constructing and I like, like creating. You know, uh, out of out of hard materials. Well, most boys. And I'd be one of them would agree with you, right? Yeah. But if that is what defines a man, then what do you call a woman or a girl that likes to do those See, things? See, that's the thing. Um, when it comes to uh, being called like, so like, I would never want to be called a girl because to me, growing up, if you were called a girl, that meant you were weak, a wussy, someone who couldn't handle their shit. And that's not me. Now, that's not to say that that's what women are. They're not necessarily weak because my mother. No, it's only my mother to is a boy a, because you're you're male, right? Because most most females are weaker than males, and so as yeah. a boy, that of course would feel like an insult. Well, yeah, because that's the intent of the of the person delivering right. that word to you. Um, but like, I don't see women in that way, right? I, no, I, I right. think my mom is like the one of the most wonderful human beings in the world. Like, she's very kind, nurturing, and strong. Like, well, she's just emotionally, yeah, too. she's just emotionally strong and can handle her shit. So it's like, you know, I, I don't. Like I said, it's like a spectrum, and it's very hard to define. What well, is it? for me? It is like on a gender scale. Like, what, what do you feel like? Well, I just, I don't know. I just feel that I'm more masculine. I cannot tell you what exactly that meant besides the things that I've said. Well, I think I think you're touching on what I would argue the difference is, and that is the level of masculinity and the level of femininity mm-hmm. in a person is definitely a major factor. I think we all, even if it's quietly, inherently feel that that means you're more female and more or, or more woman or more man. Right. Right. And there are... I don't think that's ever been 
confusing that you know there are men who are more feminine than right. masculine and yeah. vice versa for women and, and right? throughout different cultures throughout entire human history we've had um androgynous uh males and females but that doesn't redefine their gender i mean we it can't so like in, well, in hindu culture there's there's a the third gender um oh but that those are actual a lot of them are actual hermaphrodites though from what i've read well it's not that they have both like female and male parts though not all of them but I, right I, I, I mean i'm sure some do but it's like a it's a it's considered not male or female and they're actually kind of like um in the religion they can be seen as like holy people because um i forget what story it was but it was like this one of the gods um said like all the men and women disperse and um and then he he re, he went away and then when he returned there's people that were still waiting for him they were they were the ones that felt neither male or female and now they go on to bless children when they are born pretty much like that was the the story of uh i don't want the mythology of the of that time so like socially there can be other genders right like that's just to me i i don't understand it but i can see it it's kind of like um any like a lot of Eastern, um, uh, philosophy. I don't understand it, but it's clearly there. You know, there, there's clearly like people who, who are Buddhists and like who follow these teachings and things like that of, of, uh, of letting go and finding, letting go of yourself to find your true self. Like that doesn't, to me that like, that makes no sense. I don't understand what you're getting at, but I understand that you see this, this, uh, this path of enlightenment. So to me, that's kind of like how gender is. I don't necessarily see what you're seeing, but I understand that you 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 feel this way. Well, that that brings up something. I um, one of the morals I grew up on was uh, not to condemn, but you don't have to condone. So, in other words, I don't have to pass um, outward judgment of you, right? Mm-hmm. You, I, I may not condone your lifestyle, right? Right. In other words, I don't want it taught to me, or I don't want to learn about it. I'm not interested in it. I don't support it. Right. But I don't condemn you either for it. Right. You are another. In this case, American citizen, you deserve the same rights as I do. Mm-hmm, but we need sure. to. I I feel. I feel like what's lost in all of our modern social and political arguments is that, at core, we we've we've lost the agreement that at base what we're trying to establish or reestablish is the respect for life of each other. Right? You have a right to life, and I have a right to life. Yeah. That's. That's in our constitution. That's in religious beliefs. That's in just moral. Well, belief. you know what, and, what's, and that why is that being deteriorated? Why well, is that? What's strange to me is that like this woke culture and uh, cancel culture and all this kind of stuff has become the new religion of our time. Like it used to be very you know Christian based society, but now we're like going into this like it, it's the same militant ideas and like and 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 strong like opinionated absolutely and like yeah. i'm right and you're wrong and this is what's going to happen to you if you don't agree with me and you better agree because you don't want to be ostracized from the community do you well it's like i was literally going to say the same thing like it just feels like like the new religion and well, that's what i can we escape about indoctrination religion. it seems like we're yeah. our society is based on an indoctrination of some sort whatever is most accepted mm-hmm. so if if in this case if um transgender activism wins right even even to the even if transgender people don't agree with transgender activism in total right there might be aspects of it or 
some people just are like me and they don't really give a shit. Like if somebody started a movement for, you know, like the super straight or whatever, that's really, I don't care. Like that's, uh, see, it's all silly see, to me. I wouldn't really. care, but I would, yeah, I would find it very humorous. Yeah. I would be like, finally, I get my own month. What I just find so ridiculous. Like, why would you want to be relegated to only one month? Yeah. You're, you matter, but only this one month of the year. Do well, you I matter? agree. I think it's, it's like, it's yeah. such a weird thing. No, it's to me. corporate. It's, like, it's political. You... It's not about unification or brotherhood. It it's not about equality not not real equality what did you feel how so before you ask the last question you were asking about the 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 dad calling their daughter a she when she wants to be a he so like that brings up an interesting question if my father kept calling me a girl like that would upset me that would clear that would be clearly upsetting if my dad just like but only if it was against what you were trying to convince him of if you were trying to convince him that you're a girl Right. You'd probably like it then. Right. But the thing is, since I, since I feel that I am a, a boy, I don't want to be called a girl. And then, so, like, even though I clearly, uh, sex-wise, I am also a man, right? Like, like they, they coincide with each other. They ha- they just happen to. Or, you know, genetically, you're more dispositioned to feel man if you are man. You know what I mean? So, like, if I felt like a, uh, a girl and my dad was calling me a boy... Would that be just as upsetting if he was calling me a girl and I felt that I was a, a boy? I think it would be. I think it would be just as upsetting if uh, if my my parent refused to see me how I see me. Yes, and I I think what I don't know if that it, should be considered emotional abuse and be tried by law. But well, I how do, do you escape the, this idea that we can escape that, emotional abuse is ridiculous. Yeah, they, they, there's no way that there's no such thing as a safe place or safe space that yeah. does not exist. You are in the universe. You're at risk. Because even in, I guess if you take it as um, in, a, in a different um, role perspective, I'm the old eldest son as well. So yeah. like I have to um, present myself to my family mm-hmm. in such a manner. Like, even if I felt like. Um, I didn't want that responsibility. I still have to take on the responsibilities of the eldest son. So that could be considered emotional abuse in some way if I felt like I just want to kick back and dick around and, and not be part of the family, even though my my parents are trying to make me be responsible and in charge and, and, and take control of, of certain situations being the eldest because they're just trying to make me a better member of a better fit for society is what they're trying to do. Well, what I think some people, I know, I know for a fact, some people look at it this way, that if you look at nature, what nature is trying to do is create a female and a male that can reproduce. And so when nature, let's say, let's say fails at doing that, Mm -hmm. we, or I won't say we, but some people look at that as, a flaw, right? So, um, uh, if you're gay, if you're if you're homosexual, or you're transgender, or you have some you have gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. or whatever mental or physical differences or, or disabilities you have, right, or mutations that you have, some people look at that as a flaw because nature has failed in its task to reproduce the cells that it's been Is it a- evolving for the last. Four billion years, right? Or but is it a failure, or is it just a mutation to curb overpopulation? Well, but that, but see, that's a 
That that that's a conspiratorial argument. You can't. How do you prove? Well, how do you prove that the nature wants anything? I don't think nature wants. No, to no. Do I use the word. That, no, I use that, the word that, that want to describe it. No, I use the word want to describe it. Nature is. You can you can say designed. You can say programmed. Whatever the word is that fits so that you understand it. But that is what nature is doing. Mm. It's trying to create a man. The natural and a state woman. of nature. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I can get. I can get, so I can get behind I'm that. Just, okay. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that's. That's what is going on, and some right. people look at that and use that as the argument for but why. What's are, the difference between that being a genetic mutation, saying you're a homosexual or you're dysphoria, uh, gender dysphoria, or seeing yourself in a different way, to saying that red hair is uh, a mutation? Well, why is that not a failure? Just because it doesn't inhibit what it, the the overall purpose is to. Well, yeah, I mean procreate. that matters. You can't just you can't just. This is something that I. Um, and I'm playing devil's advocate right now. The, it does matter. The differences in variation by comparison do matter. You can't just say it. That's why um, a lot of um, um, people make, you know, you'll see it like in the documentary with Matt Walsh. He'll ask, he asks a person, are you, you know, are you a cat? And they'll say no. Mm-hmm. And he says, do you know what a cat is? So that that's mockery because it's it's obvious to anyone what a cat is right maybe most people let's say right, right. The, and we think that cat, anyone you know what a cat and is. even if someone came up to us and said no i don't know what a cat and actually just blatantly claim that even though they have like three or something you know well that's <laughs> what we would do we left yeah. and that's important that in i think i think sam harris actually made that point once in a lecture he's like he's like we uh we you know we're we're victims to ill-conceived laughter and that is important, and I and I agree with him because that laughter means that there is something silly and confusing about what we are well, just I contemplating. Think, I think the difference between saying what is a cat and then saying what is a woman is that in the context, a cat that we're we're describing is a biological creature that we're describing. Now, when you're talking in gender, maybe it's not necessarily. But that's my point that the, it's the not variation a in comparison thing. matters. You don't though. you don't because since it is a spectrum. In, in most people's eyes, or in some people's eyes, I, I couldn't say if it's most or, or not, but it, it's a construct of the of the mind, right? It's not uh, something you can measure. Well, but if well, I don't agree with that. I think I think it can be measured and it can be better understood, but we have to break it down to specificity, and that's my that's the point I think I'm making. Is so that- you, so you want the criteria of what is. From man to 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 female, like what is the criteria that? that well, whatever what whatever the argument those? is, and the point of that attempt is so that, like, I don't want to be your enemy. Let's just use me an example, right? Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, people that are making any argument against or for, um, transgender or gender fluidity. Let's let's say, I really feel most people just most people arguing want to understand. Like, I want right. to get back to an, a level where we understand each yeah. other so that I can accept. There's a way for me to accept you. Mm-hmm. But you coming at me or attacking me with your, you know, by change. And when I when people ask, well, why do you care? Or what what do you what does it matter to you? It's like, well, laws are changing. Right. Yeah. School classrooms are changing. So it, it is affecting com- me. Compelled speech. Sports, right. Compelled speech. Uh, shared bathrooms. Transgender yeah. athletes and sports. Yeah. So I don't I don't necessarily agree with all of the vitriol but i understand that there needs to be a better conversation there needs to be a better line drawn i mean if we're going to have trans uh trans women you know athletes in women's sports then 
we can't be illogical. We have to maybe start accepting the fact that women's sports is going to be, uh, you know, erased because, or it has to be reestablished because now we, we're, we're, we need a space for trans athletes and should trans women and trans men yeah, compete they together? To well, compete against each other. Uh, I mean, a comedian made a joke. He's like, we're back to men and women, but if we just added the word trans, it's like, is he wrong for making that joke? I mean, that's kind of a fair argument. So it's hard, right? Because if you're, let's just go with sports, right? Yeah. So you're obviously going to have an advantage if you were born a man and transitioning into a woman, you're going to have an advantage in women's sports mm-hmm. because genetically you've lived 25 years, say, as a man, you ha- your muscles have developed a different way. Your skeletal structure is different. You can handle different loads. Like that's just a biological fact. Mm -hmm. So it's not fair to those women who are competing. There's a reason they're separated is because the the competition in order to have fair play is needed. Like you need to have that separation. But then again, if you're transitioning into a woman, your testosterone is not going to be as high, right? So at at this current point, so it's going to be harder for you to put on muscle and it's going to be harder for you to do different things. And competing with other men is going to be very difficult. Like you're, you're not going to be as good. So where, where do you fall? Where do you go? I think the fair play needs to be redetermined. New, uh, your new sport, your new division. I think that's where we're headed. Because and if they don't do, seem to be backing off, I don't so. think you're going to be funded. You're just not going to be funded well, as maybe, well. Maybe, maybe not. Well, I mean, we already don't. <laughs> no, it's a good if point. We already don't fund women's because the sports, money is in all the already established right. market, and we already don't fund women's sports nearly as much as we do for men. Right. So it's like you 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 subdivide those that category even right, further right. you're going to have even less money i don't know if that's a fact who knows with this the way the it's culture is argument. and maybe there'll be like this the uh, initial surge of money just to get things going and because it's a new hot craze right so everyone's interested in it but how long would that last and and do those records then like oh how do you feel about your about your self-worth if you're just competing against other people of your of your body types right so it's like i don't know well that's, that's a hard that's thing to, what, to get around it is what what confuses me what i tried on what i'm one of the things i'm trying to understand if it can be un- understood better is what does it really mean to be gender fluid i feel like most people arguing or or let's forget about argument but it seems to me that people who are changing their sex or or their their gender affirmation through surgery through chemicals right they are they are t- attempting to be something finite right? right a trans woman is a man trying to be or to convince others including himself that he is now a herself that he is a, a woman mm-hmm. that that she is now a woman and so a woman should be a definite thing, a finite thing, if it's something that takes so much effort to become, right? Doesn't that logically follow? And yet, well, I think the definition there's a, there's a difference of it is between someone who wants to be, to be a woman. Fluid. There's a difference between someone who wants to be a woman and someone who's gender fluid. A gender fluid person kind of like some days they feel more feminine, some days they feel more masculine. Right, but that's so my it's like point. that's not necessarily someone who's trying to transition. No, but my point is that when you when you identify 
when you affirm your identity mm-hmm. and you impose or ask others kindly to affirm it with you, we're tr- you're asking a, a, a definite thing. You're asking for a definite thing, right? right? It's something that makes sense, right? Right. That, I think I think that's why you, you should have so. your own personal definition of what a woman is if you're trying to become that much. Maybe to you that okay, is okay. Just- but if we all have personal definitions of everything, of coffee cups, of dogs, Dude, of I, women, I, I use language. And a personal definition all the time, and it gets but me in a matter, lot of trouble. Well, why does it get you in trouble? Because people don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Okay, so why? Yeah, why are we? Att- why are we increasing confusion rather than trying to find set foundations for reality and truth? I kind of like the ambiguity, though. Really? It's fun. Oh, it's fun. It's it, fun, but how does it, it, it serve? It increases it serve so us? much interest in life when there's ambiguity in it. Man, is it stressful, though. Like, I hate ambiguity at the same time when I don't know where my life is going and what I'm doing exactly, and I don't have a plan. I hate that, but it's so much more exciting. I think it's more interesting for sure when you have these these loose definitions and everyone can like kind of like define from themselves what their reality is. I think that's the, when we're talking about being a sovereign nation, you totally have the right to distinguish your reality and and discern what it is and what it all means to you. Now, you can't force me to call you whatever you want me to, but as a person, I want to be at. polite. I know. I know that's where where in some countries like the lights Canada, are being turned on in the party and the cops are walking in and they uh, have to well, arrest who's drunk and we're arguing for who is drunk and who isn't. Yeah, but in, <laughs> in Canada they had the the whole compelled speech act, right? That makes that that uh, people have to call you by your um, perceived gender or whatever. Now I think that is totally wrong. Like you can't force me to do anything. Now as a polite person, I will call you whatever you would like me to. If you want to be called a woman. Yeah, I'll call you a woman. Like that's fine. That should there hurt be me laws anything. for politeness? No, there shouldn't be. I can, if I want to be an asshole, I should be able to be an asshole. Like, I mean, this is America. Now, Canada, I guess, is a little different. But in America, I should like that's the whole thing. I've I've been raised on freedoms, right? Like uh, liberty, personal liberty, and personal freedom, and being able to do what I want to do as long as I'm not hurting you. Like that's. That's what the way I live. And I also try and be polite because it just it just gets you further in life. If you're a nice guy and you're doing um, if you're if you're creating uh, positive bonds with others, regardless of who it is, you're going to have a better time in life. You just are like you're going to get more opportunities for things. You're you're easy to work with. You get a a job opportunity. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. How do you feel about um, the Equality Act and how? The attempt to treat the LGBTQ community uh, and their plights as equal to those of blacks in the 60s and prior. So to even uh, refer, you know, uh, what are they call reformation and um, and equality, are, are they on the same level as as? as black people and how they were treated at I feel like it was a little worse you know how many a hundred years of slavery did uh did black people like have in America like like that's that's it's pretty rough just that alone like trans and gender nonconformity have never been enslaved um but they have been lynched they have been beaten in the streets they have been you know they have lived uh, terrorized lives, say in Germany, even, you know, gays and, and um, people of uh, diff- just different, you know, uh, cultural backgrounds were being mass murdered. So it, I think that they're, well, we were also saying like, 
your your hardest hardship is still your hardest thing that you've gone through. It doesn't matter. It's relative, right? Like your pain is relative, regardless of what. Uh, no, I'm saying that it isn't relative. In other words, oh, well, um, I'm, I'm, you may you may the mind may suffer as much from a bad breakup as it might from uh, being in a in a trench. Now that's what I'm saying. Like, most that's, that's of the time relative. that isn't true, but according to the brain. Yeah, as right. far as what it can release chemically, right, it could that, be true. That's or what I'm saying. Possibly has sometimes been the worst thing I've gone through. Uh, feels the worst to me as the worst thing you've gone but through. But if you believe that, then you have to believe that someone claiming emotional damage over not being affirmed for their sexual identity is suffering as badly as a World War II veteran. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean they have to because. I'm not saying that. Um, or is it possible that certain that there are levels to trauma and that certain tr- levels of trauma can only be triggered by an actual traumatic event? I think like it depends the on your, on your, your death. I, I think it depends on your state of mind and how how you've experienced life. I, I think it does. So is emotional damage from being, let's say, bullied because you're transgender. Is that the same as the threat of death in a trench hole in World War II? I don't. I can't say that it is or isn't because I think it depends on person to person, right? Like if you if you are a person that takes, because some people are just tempered differently, right? So if you went through World War II, you've also gone through a bunch of other stuff before that that possibly prepared you for that, right? So you you've you've experienced point your way up to World War Two. See, this person hasn't experienced that much. That's uh, going through that level of trauma of, from being bullied. Like they just haven't experienced enough before that to level them up to to be at that trauma level. Hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Is it, some to people, them, it feels some people it feels believe legit. that it is the same. They 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 would say that the emotional damage they feel is is equatable to the threat of death. So I could say that I've gone through adrenaline spikes that I thought were were massive, right? And then I went and I did something even worse than what I've been through before that. Right. And then I go do that last thing again and it's easier to deal with. Do you feel that that helps it's you understand? It's not necessarily because I did it again. It's because I've been right. through something even worse. So right. now this comparative thing is... Sure, sure, I got you. What what Do you feel that that helps you build empathy though that like when now that you've when you look back on nightmarish moments or traumatic moments in your life and then you see something you think would be more traumatic but you feel you understand it because you understand you can see the expression in the person's face or how they're talking and you can relate to that and so you feel maybe you felt some of what they felt and so that builds empathy or or i think i think the more that i experience the less empathetic i get to people at a lower level. Well, that's what I mean. Level. You gauge so it's it now. Like, so you, you feel like I, you can gauge. Right. But I feel like, to me, it's like, dude, you, you're not going through shit. Like, come on. Toughen up. Like, you can do that. I've been through way worse. Okay. I don't I don't always think. I try. I really, I, I feel that way initially a lot of the time. It's like, quit being a little bitch. Like, come on. Well, I think that's and where there's like, a contradiction. But then, but then I have to mentally think about it. And like, okay, let's be a compassionate human being for, you know, because like, that's. You don't know what they've been through in their life. Maybe this really is that bad for them. You can't feel their pain at this moment. But like initially, I That's feel true. like you're being you're being weak. Why are you being so weak? Like, come on, let's go. 
Yeah, I think that is the... Sports is a big... Like, that happens in sports a lot. Well, that's a discipline that I, I wish most people had the experience with, regardless of how much of an outcast they felt like. I think that's why... Um, so, for example, there's, like, the term locker room mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And to some people, that is an extremely hostile pit of vitriol, right? They, they don't They don't like to be teased. They don't like to be hazed. They don't like to be the green new person and it, and be reminded of it on a daily basis. But when you survive that and you reach a level where you are accepted as as one of the locker room or one of the team, right. now you're you're not only um on the same level per se, but you're accepted, you're praised and you're defended. Now you have friends that are not like other friends because you've been through their test. Well, and, not only that, but the people that you went through that test with are you're even closer to that's what I'm saying. You're building a bond over a common. That's exactly what I'm yeah. saying. In other words, there's a there's a test for the friendship that you've now built. Right. And a lot of friendships, I think. Actually, I would say I've well, had I, this argument that like I've reviewed my own friendships in life, right, mm-hmm. and realized that some people that I called friends weren't friends because I didn't test them and they didn't test me. It's just really fun that we got along for a while, yeah. but that isn't a friend. Not to me, not really. That isn't someone I can truly trust because I right. haven't tested their trust. Right. And that's part of what the locker that sounds room is like, doing. Like a, like, a bar, like a bar buddy, right? Like someone you just hang out with at the bar and you never yeah, I mean, see them anywhere else. You just happen how to many be at times, the same place. Yeah. A drinking buddy. Well, like that. okay, yeah. that's an example. So how many times you've heard a story or have your own stories as examples where, you know, you, you hear someone or you, you yourself say, man, I've known that person for so long and then they did this. Well, that's, you were surprised by their negative action or outcome because you never tested their loyalty. You never well, that's tested one of the things is like um, at work, like people would be like, yeah, we're friends. I'm like, dude, we're not friends. I never yeah. hung out with you outside of work. Have yeah. I? It's like, we're not, we're, we're, we're work friends. Yeah, sure. But I, we're acquaintances. Like I, I'm on good terms with you. Or people like say I, he's my friend at work or she's my yeah, friend at work. But like, what does that mean? But we're not friends. Like yeah. I've never hung out with you once outside of this, this forced gathering, you know, like we just happened to be at the same space. We didn't choose to be here together. Now, if we, if I help you move or, you know, I'm, I, we hang out like, yeah, we can become friends. But like, there's there's plenty of people that I'm I would never consider friends who who have called me a friend. I was like, ooh, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> let's talk about let's bring up gender affirmation therapy. So that's mentioned in the documentary. What is a woman? Okay. Um. I I found myself agreeing with Jordan Peterson in that that is a contradiction at terms. I I feel even the therapy we receive from say a friend or a family member when we just need someone to listen to our problems so that we can figure them out mm-hmm. is really what therapy is. If I go to you and to listen to my problems so that I can help figure them out on my own and you push, or let's say not push, but let's say you just automatically have an answer for me or several answers for me of what I should do. And you, your immediate response is advice. And, and, and more than that, I should take this drug or I should change my body in this way. And, and, and you're even suggesting you're suggestive of it. Um, is that really therapy? What is that? What are the, is there a positive side to that, that I'm not saying? So I, I, I don't know. I think, okay. So there's like a difference between friends and therapy, right? Well, no, and let's let's friend. focus on the affirmate, gender affirmation. So is gender affirmation, you know? um, is that saying that like, 
doctor, I feel like a girl. It's like, yeah, you definitely are a girl. Is that what gender affirmation so here, therapy here's, is? Here's, or like, well, here's how it plays out. So um, if I go to a doctor, any doctor, you can really use any doctor as an example. And Peterson made this example comparison. But in therapy, if I go to a, an, an affirming therapist, in other words, I say, doctor, you know, this is what's wrong with me. And I want you to agree with me that this is wrong. Even if it isn't clinically or scientifically true, and the doctor agrees with me, he's just affirming whatever my belief is. In other words, okay. I can make up an illness, let's say, yeah. you know, and, th- and they make that argument in the documentary, like a, a person who wants to cut their arm off, right? I can make that illness up. I can believe it 100%. There's no reason right. for me not to be completely convinced that I only need one arm. Fine. But if I go to a doctor and he just affirms that, that I have that, that the real illness is that I have too many arms and then prescribes drugs or treatment or surgery for it to lose the arm to lose the arm is that is that really medical care if there's no if there isn't even a conversation about like, something else like being wrong it's a form of medical care i feel like it's the easy way out i feel like it's a lazy way to do it lazy is that lazy and easy to completely change your body around to, to have a dick made from your arm or to <laughs> have your dirt dick turned into a vagina is that lazy and easy I think comparatively to going through the hard work of finding the truth about yourself and, 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 and then working through your traumas of whatever caused this, this, these ideas, like, I think that's way more difficult to personally go through these things and to work. Cause I can tell you, I, I have avoided a lot of my own issues just because it was a lot easier just to push things down and just to let it bubble up when it decides, you know, that's, that's way easier than to actually confront your, that's your problems. That's an interesting point. I, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, it does feel like surgery does come across as a magic wand, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then you have a doctor saying, yeah, it's just this easy. Let's do it. Snap of the fingers, you know? And so I, I think that's that's it's a form, but I don't think it's the right way to do it. I think they you should go through... See, when you were saying uh, gender uh, well, affirmation therapy, is that what else that you said? Yeah. Okay, so I thought that was saying that I feel one way, but genetically I'm a di- another way. Therefore, the therapy is trying to help me affirm my biological gender. I thought that's what you were well, saying, that, that, but it isn't. You, what you're well, saying, yeah, that, that that is. In other words, you go to the doctor, you tell them uh, this is what's wrong with me, and they agree. No, yeah, but they I, don't, I was saying they don't the try opposite. to argue. I was saying the opposite of that. I thought yeah. that's what it meant. So. Because I mean, where else? Let's make the logical argument then. Let's. Where else would affirmation work? I mean, would you affirming you, that the sex that you are is the sex that you feel, like affirming you, anything that right? You but believe. that would be the affirmation I thought you were, that I was getting at. So I think yeah, that is. I mean, that is at base what it is. You're affirming that you want the dot. You want someone of authority to affirm what you believe. No, that's not what I'm um, saying. I'm misunderstanding. Yes. So what I'm saying is, genetically, I'm a boy, and then I feel like a girl, and then the doctor affirming that my uh, genetic um, parts, right, like that, that not not my feeling parts. He's affirming what I really, what what I am as genetically. So a, a contradiction then. Right, that he would be disagreeing with the way I feel, affirming, mm-hmm. trying to affirming affir- his own trying belief? to aff- no, That's trying to aff- to trying to it. affirm my genetics, not affirming my beliefs, affirming my genetics. Well, you 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 mixed sex and gender in that in that statement. 
So it's I know male it's, and female girl. I feel and boy. like these words are horrible. I know. I know. I feel it's like very I feel confusing. like that's why the confusion comes from is that they're too similar, and that uh, that throughout our uh, English history we've used them to mean the same thing, the way we feel and the way we are. Well, we did. Yeah, I mean, a man. I, so like, we when need, we say we, man, we mean male, don't we? When right. We say woman, we mean female. Right. So like, we need new words. Do if, we? Yes. For the like, because like, I think it would be way easier if we came up with like completely like some Greek or Latin eyes to like. Uh, so we're already confused with the words we have, but we want, we need more. We need new. We need to change the 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 words we use from from male and female to meaning both genetically and uh, the way you feel. So then the you way do you agree on pronoun with the pronoun argument or you don't? What's the argument that you... Well, the new you, words that, need are being... That the new words being made up should be right alongside he, her. Right. Him, I think we should have different pronouns than, than, he, than he, him, and we, she, So her. we should get rid of the so ones we, we have and get new ones? Yes. For the way you feel. Right. That's what they're doing. If I feel like a that's man, what we're, if I feel that's literally what we're living in, then if I instead of saying man, I should I should say like um, I don't know, glarg. <laughs> I sh- I feel glarg. My pronouns are glargly or zizem. You know, like something like that's that's totally different and separated from your ge- your genetic sex. Why? That way, it's less. Because to me, then you have it's less confusing to, to that's talk less about. confusing. Yeah, when me, I have no idea what you're talking about. I no, mean, from my that's, point of view, we would have we would have to make. So we have to now have an extra conversation, and add that whatever. whatever. Right, there should be a and difference. Tomorrow there, there could be, be a whole new list there, there, of Zims, and right. we need to now learn those as well. We're not necessarily as well. We get rid of the ones we have. Why would we get rid of anything if it works? It you doesn't know? work because we're confused, right? No, we're, a minority is confused. And we're confused with the minority that has the spotlight and the, the marginal political and marketable power. But most people, if you call them a man or a woman, they're not going to question what you mean, right? Right. I but mean, the, but I know I'm sounding like... But when you're, but when you're gender... But I'm just uh, trying so to like, be, For like the gender fluidity of it, right? So instead of having... Um, just this strict binary that it correlates with your gen- your genitalia. You should have the the words you can use for the way you feel. Should those be imposed so, by laws? No, that are punishable. Absolutely not. So then, if people ignore it, then we nothing changes in where we were. Oh, the language changes all the time, years though. Ago. Yeah, but language changes all the time. I'm just saying we should start the movement to change the language. We need to add. Like let's make it like a Japanese word, right? Because it's so weird and different from what we talk. The well, there we is a movement to change the language, and that is part of the the transgender activism or the LGBTQ activism is to change the language. Both, both. But I don't think it should be enforced by law. I think forcing socially socially, uh, forcing anything by law is is like like, like with compelled speech. Like that's just horrible. So and, we should and, and fight wrong. it in the courts, but we should. We should fight not to have it in the courts, but we should fight to have it socially. Yeah. And if that fails, then what? Well, then, I mean... Accept it and move on? Yeah, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. To me, it's nothing. It means... It doesn't mean that much to me. Because if you refuse to call me a man, then I'm just going to not interact with you as much. So do you feel the argument's important at all? It's like, if you keep calling me... If you kept saying she... Yeah, Zach, she's such a... She's such a weirdo over there. We're like, okay, dude. Well, like, why you why are you coming at me like that? Why aren't you like why you? I don't need to interact with you if you're just gonna call me something I don't identify with. Do you feel though? Then 
I mean, how important is this really? Because sometimes I think I it's wonder important if, to some. Well, it's yeah, but sometimes to... I sometimes I wonder if we're just having room for this problem at all because our our lives are too good. We have a lot of free time. We have a lot of comforts. We have a lot of yeah. Amenities. I know. I thought about that. We're not struggling every moment of every day to find food, shelter, water, and I mean those are the basic right. anim- animal primal needs. Well, you but have the even beyond that, like the levels of stress the, we have. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So it's 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 food, shelter. Um, I forget what it goes, but it goes like um, there's there's different levels of safety you have to be at in, until you can be like more. Um, uh, free individual pretty much and be able to do what you want instead of what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I forget, we talked about it in one of our other episodes when we read one of the books. There was a Maslow. Nope, we didn't. This was a different book I read on my own. I read on my own. Look at that. Um, I mean, at one point in our society, well, in our existence, human existence, there was, let's use like, for example, um, drag queens for example okay obviously there's a lot of uh, and i've been to drag bars i've had you know i have and have had many gay friends in my life right and cross-dresser friends and stuff like that and the reason was because of where i lived and the people i knew mm-hmm. so i've been to i've been to gay bars i've been to drag bars and stuff like that i've had good times mostly you know it's not like yeah it, to me it was another bar right. and it's actually kind of flattering when a, a guy would hit on me, it's like, oh, thanks. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, not attracted. It didn't turn me on, yeah. but it was flattering. Yeah, right. No, now, it still makes you feel good that someone else thought you sure, looked good. Sure, I mean, why not? You know, matter it's like, oh, I'm is. attracted to someone. Excellent. Nice. I nice. Mean, right. right. <laughs> so, but at one point, there was no makeup. There were no wigs. There were no flashy dresses. There were no high heels. Everybody. Are, we, some, talk, are we talking about like primal We're man. going back in time. So right. we're, we're going back to potato sacks and. Because and, 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 makeup's been around since like forever well for thousands of years even even but there was a time egypt and before when it wasn't used at all right sure and 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 that time period is somewhere between let's say uh mesopotamia and crow magnum man so yeah fairly very still rough period of mankind Mm -hmm. but pre-agricultural do you think like how far back does this social issue go this this gender dysphoria well, I don't know, because even in ancient Egypt, there was eunuchs, right? There was people who were, I don't know. Yeah, but that was, to, a great, to a great that, degree, that was a punishment. But it's also like with, with priests as well, you know. We have, uh, in ancient China, you had the the eunuchs that would protect the, the princesses and stuff like that. So it would be like, so there's different, like, I don't know. I don't know how, if this is like, I feel like it's a genetic thing, like, right, like, um, like it's not something that's nurtured. It's something that you're born with. Like you are just, it can be maybe both, right? It can be part of your nature, your nurture as well as your nature. It's kind of like how, uh, homosexuality is definitely by, uh, your nature. You know, it's just like you are born gay. Like there's no, well, I think, I think for me, I, I would say so far, so far that I, I think at least at the moment is that there is a difference, a big difference between, a transgender woman and a gay man because a gay man i i agree i i think there's evidence there's evidence for it too that uh, you know they're wired differently a gay man is attracted to other men i believe them yeah you know i think there is a certain amount of disbelief from my point of view with transgender people because and, and that's fine again i go back to the you know condone but don't condemn right right um I guess the only contention lies with activism because there are people that 
want me they want to change the laws that affect me or they want yeah. and they want me to change what I say and think uh, which they can't do even if they did change the laws and that's obvious yeah. around the world. Well, I think that like uh medical intervention should be like your last resort like after you vetted all other solutions. Yeah. I, I think because that's an irreversible process. Yeah. Right? Like to to have your your breast locked Yeah, I mean even I've have, had two Three, I've had three knee surgeries, and every time something is permanently damaged. Yeah, I mean, so any surgery is that way. Exactly. So I think that that should be your your last resort. But I'm not saying it shouldn't be done at all. Um, and then you're you're, you're you should go through talk therapy, and everything like that. Figure out why you feel this way. If this can be resolved, if it's a if it's an issue, if it's just like where you like if 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 it's the last resort for your happiness, because they were saying that like five to ten years is is the most like uh dangerous time for uh a post transitioned surgery like uh for yourself like a suicidal uh suicidal i can't say the word i deadalize or i can't say the word right now suicidal tendencies are the highest after surgery not tendencies but actual suicide right so the the numbers go they skyrocket right post surgery yeah not it's clear. I think it's clear to make that distinction because you, you can be suicidal or, or or you can have suicidal tendencies, but once you actually do it, then you're a statistic. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. So one thing I noticed too about activism in general in this day and age, and this includes you know the most marketable and, and famous ones like uh, BLM or transgenderism, like now that we're in Pride Month, especially. Um, I think it's actually mainly unfair to the communities they claim to um, defend and fight for. But it seems like a lot of activism is narcissistic to the self rather than to the group. Meaning, if you, you know, someone compared uh, the Black Lives Matter movement similar to Martin Luther King. And boy, I could not disagree more. I think yeah. the message is totally different. It's not an met- they, you know, but that's a whole other topic. No, I agree. But I just you. want to make that comparison to... Um, LGBTQ activism, say, in the 80s and the 70s compared to where it is now. And my exposure to that is through, you know, documentaries and public schooling, mm-hmm. what I learned and what I've and what I've sought on my own. And it does seem much more to me narcissistic now and less fair and less, less of. Uh, well, it seems like it's more about for, equality. Yeah, it seems like it's less about the, the equality aspect and more mm-hmm. about just getting your 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 likes and your views and your your comments on your whatever social media it seems very social media driven well that that's that that leads me into some more questions that i have here um so we spoke about that uh where is yeah okay so is there really a battle for acceptance and life or is the evidence that shows corporations make money on separation the real driving factor here that's what i always think about is because socially it's well, let's just say it. It's fun to be the bully, and it's also fun to be the anti-bully, right? Okay. And social media, when you when you when I look at social media, that's what I see. I don't see, for the most part, I don't see a corporate-driven <laughs> argument. It's, I mean, it it's is SJWs but, and trolls. <laughs> yeah, and and that's fun, and I'm one of them. I'm a I'm an internet troll. Yeah. I I I joke with my roommate about this all the time because if you look at some of the comments I've made on YouTube or Reddit, I mean they're so crass and sometimes not even what I believe. But right. I did it to troll, yeah, to, to to spark a fire, an argument or a debate to see what people will say. 
but then of course if you talk to me in real in real life you, you know if you tried to compare those two you'd be like wait a minute who, who which one are you well it's like i'm both i'm you know i'm i'm uh, i'm a scientist at heart i'm trying to okay. test the, the electric fence right but so socially i can see that right we can all see that we can see people having fun trolling or just in general fighting for what they believe in mm-hmm. but then there's the other side of the coin which is things people don't have control over which is the the corporate run algorithms right by google by facebook by amazon you know those are the big three well, you I mean, know? it comes down to uh products and uh, packaging even. Well, exactly like, like what is what what is how what is marketed to us yeah oreo came out with like pride month packaging and it just says like we stand with you and all this other like kind of like uh just like shallow claims you know that there's like like don't let anyone tell you who you are things like that it's just like very basic like like support words and it's just no it's like it, you don't really I, it care isn't believable, and it's, and it's, no. no yeah exactly it's it's disingenuous and it just it's highly disingenuous and it's different in every country right like one of the memes oh, yeah. that i saw was like you know nestle's and i was all over the world and they're i think a terrible company anyway mm-hmm. but in america and in the uk Everything is a rainbow colored now, and their their marketing is pushing for all different products that are like pride driven food, even food like pride food, you know. Um, and other companies, are, lots of companies are doing it, lots of corporations are doing it, except in places like Iran I was or like Saudi Arabia, <laughs> where they're where they're not yeah. as open minded as we are. Yeah, they they're in fact you can be killed for even being just gay. Yeah, and 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 that has changed in the narrative too. You know. LGBTQ used to be mainly about about L and G, yeah, right. But now I think you even they could be considered offensive. Like they're they're kind of being lumped in with the straights almost to yeah. a degree. So it's like, what is the real agenda here? Like, is it just to be as shocking as possible? And I find that I find myself that I find that being true with part of it. It's just it's a shock value. But it's interesting to, to me to point out. I think that the shock wears off. And anything that is real will stick around. And anything that isn't was just that moment and it's gone. It's mm-hmm. a flash. It's a flashbang, you know. But, well, okay, so we covered, we talked about, I mean, we, we did talk about well, a little bit about schooling and children. I mean, how yeah. do you feel about that? Do you want to talk about um, is it considered? Do you think it's? Is it grooming to, to make it an agenda to teach? Um, forget about just regular sexuality, like male and female, yeah. and and the birthing process and all those things that have been in you know health class for mm-hmm. forever. But now, should they be taught about like different gender spectrums and what that means and everything? I yeah. think if I think if we're going to, we should have a better definition of it then. Right, I agree with that because, like, clearly through this documentary, at least, there no one can define what a woman is, and they don't even touch on what a man is. So, if you can't even define what it is, how are you going to teach it? So that doesn't make any sense to me. You can't teach something you don't even have an understanding. But you can't define. I think one of the one of the one of the best um, phrases or questions in, in that documentary, to me at least, was define a woman without using the word woman. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that has to be established academically right and 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 judiciously well, that was another like thing ago. was when they talked to the the teacher the i don't know if he was like a, a professor or whatever he was at a university right yeah of gender of gender studies, gender studies. Yeah. and they cut up his interview he was going through like this long explanation and they kept like 
cutting it. I'm like, why are you doing this? Well, they like, edited it in a mocking way yeah, to make it seem like he was just saying drivel. Basically. Right. But it's like, maybe there was something interesting there. Maybe. Yeah. And like, I mean, we can't know. I mean, and that was really frustrating to me. Oh, it's like he started talking. He started yeah. getting into it. There is a bias. And then they kept yeah. like, like cutting away from it. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like he was about to say something like this was almost informative. <laughs> and then, and then at the end, he just gets upset with the questioning and he almost doesn't, he almost like walks away. I was like, uh, frustrating. So I think it's safe to say that let's call it that our podcast is in a way a safe space for you and I to talk about the things that we like to think about or haven't thought about in the sense that there's no threat to us because we don't make any money <laughs> with this podcast, unfortunately, not yet. But let's say that we did. What if we had a large audience and we had a lot of negative feedback and the, and it did affect the money we made with the show do you i mean how honest would you be how how uh afraid would you be to speak honestly say if these questions this conversation came up at work or so with if, the boss? This, if this was my my life's income if this was how i made my living yeah would i be afraid to talk about this yeah how open my how open would you be about this topic if, if it would i feel i feel that if we made a big on this even if it was just big enough to live on, which is huge to me. Right. Um, we would have been honest the whole time. Yeah. We would have talked about anything and everything like we have been. And I would feel completely fine talking about this. Would we lose some viewers? Who knows? Probably. But our core audience would understand that this is just us talking, figuring out the world discussing doesn't necessarily mean this is what we walk away believing but this is the thoughts that arose and this is what we discussed and i think that's what's important and i think that's how i would view it is that like i would talk about it and i would talk about it in the sense of exploration and without bigotry without hatred which you know we, we have been we haven't had any hatred in our in our speech at all and i think that's what's that's what's important to do it's just exploration of thoughts and ideas, and that's what I would continue to do, even though, even if this was a my my income for to provide for myself and for say if I had a family as well, because we would have built that audience of like-minded people who understand that it's just exploration. What do you think? 